Not only do some things need to stay dead, some things you need to kill. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. And our scripture today begins with the book of Mark, 8th chapter, 31st through the 33rd verse. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he spake that openly, saying, And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Jesus died for our sins and rose from the dead. This is the foundation of the Christian faith. Not only did Jesus rise from the dead, he told the disciples seven things in the disciples' commission. In Matthew chapter 10, the fifth through the eighth verse, Jesus said, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Jesus told the disciples in the disciples' commission seven things. Number one, he told them, who to go to and who not to go to. Number two, he told them to preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Number three, heal the sick. Number four, cleanse the lepers. And number five, raise the dead. Number six, cast out devils. And number seven, do it free. And today I'm beginning a series called Resurrection power, bringing the dead back to life. Resurrection power, bringing the dead back to life. And part one subtitled, Understanding that Some Things Need to Stay Dead. And it is critical as we go about to dissect and to study, to expound upon, to learn and to empower us to bringing some things back from from the dead. It is critical for us to understand, first of all, that some things need to stay dead. And Matthew chapter 8, 21st verse, and another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, Suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said unto him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their dead. 
Now this seems like a harsh and a somewhat callous statement for Jesus to make. Now understand the scenario. This was not just one of the crowd. This was not just a stranger. This was one of Jesus' disciples. And one of Jesus' disciples came to him and said, Look, look, Jesus, my father has just died. Now, now there's, there's nothing quite as, as traumatic for a person as to have one of their parents die. And here his disciple came to Jesus and said, Look, Jesus, my, my daddy has just died, and I need to go and bury my father. Now, here was the Son of God, all of this power, All of this resurrection power, you would think that if it were a disciple, Jesus would have said, let me go with you and let me lay hands on your dead father and let me bring him back to life. You would think that that's what Jesus would have done. But Jesus says, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. That statement always puzzled me until this morning because I always thought, how can the dead bury anybody? You know, if you're dead, you're dead. You can't breathe. You can't bat an eyelash. You can't lift a finger. You can't even brush flies off of you. So so if you're dead, you're dead. How in the world could the dead bury the dead? And it was only this morning that God revealed the elevated meaning of that statement. Jesus told the disciple, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. And I only understood it recently that if you're not following Christ, you're dead. You just don't know it. Sometimes if if you watch some of the action movies and and when sometimes you'll see some of the battles and and there was one movie and they were battling with swords and there the master was fighting the villain and all of a sudden the master pulled his sword and a quick whip and he had cut the man clean through to the neck but the man's head didn't fall off. The man stood there batting his eye and about ten seconds later his head rolled off. He was dead, he just didn't know it. And if you're not following Christ, you're dead. You just don't know it. And and, and Jesus said, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. Let those folk who are not following me, those who are not headed to eternal life. Because if you're not headed to eternal life, you're headed to basically eternal death. Let the dead bury the dead. Let those who are not going up with us, let them go and handle that. Let the dead bury the dead. So Jesus did not try to resurrect That disciple's father. You have got to understand when to let some things stay dead. And oftentimes if we were imbued with the power, we try to raise up everything. No, when you really study the Bible, do you know when you study the Bible, 
Do you know how many people the Bible records that Jesus raised from the dead? Three people. Jesus raised three people from the dead that the Bible records. Now, now there are many miracles that are not recorded. There are many things that Jesus did. It's just not recorded in the Bible. But in the Bible, Jesus raised three people from the dead. The first person was the only son of a widow from Nain. Luke chapter 7, verse 11. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. Second person was the daughter of Jairus. And that's in Mark 5, 22. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay hands on her, that she may be healed and and shall live. And when you read the story, the people came and said, Look, your daughter's already dead. And you know the story of how Jesus went and raised her up. The third person that we all know was Lazarus. So it's only recorded in the Bible that Jesus raised three people from the dead. And all of the rest, he let stay dead. Jesus understood that some things are meant to stay dead. Even when you look through the entire Bible. In the entire Bible, there are nine instances of resurrection in the Bible. Now, now there is a difference between resuscitation and resurrection. See, some, some of you have some stuff in your life, and it's, it just needs resuscitation. Resuscitation essentially is, for example, many of you who travel through the airport now, they have defibrillators on the wall. And, and basically, defibrillators are the electric paddles that you put on the chest, and you hit them, and they charge, and you hear them, and then pow, and the man will jump, and his heart will start back beating. That's if you have a heart attack, and, and, and you die, and you're out for a couple of minutes, They can resuscitate you. They can use CPR by breathing into you or by putting the defibrillators on. It means that you've died, but you're not really dead. It means that medical science can come and if they can get your blood pumping, your lungs breathing again, your heart stimulated, it means that they can resuscitate you. But when Lazarus died, he was in the, the tomb three days. Lazarus was dead. See, see, see there, there are some of you, and, and you've got some stuff, it, it, it's wheezing. You understand? It, it's coughing. It, 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 it's, you know, it's, it's, it's killed over a little bit. But some of you got some stuff, and it's stinking dead. Do you understand? So, so there is a difference between resuscitation and resurrection. So what, what I'm talking about here, I'm talking about resurrection power, where some things in your world and in your life is 
dead. It's been dead for some days or it's been dead for some weeks or dead for some months or, or dead for some years or even dead for some decades. In some cases, it was dead when you got it. And it's always been dead. I, I, I had a, 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 a lady come to me who had been married for some years, and, and she said, Pastor, when I married my husband, I, I thought that he was just a religious, spiritual man, and he didn't want to have any sex before marriage. I thought he was so holy. When I got him on the wedding night, I found out that rascal was dead. So, so some of you... It's been it's been dead for a little while. For others of you, it's been dead since the day you got it. And, and, and he needed resurrection. So some things need Viagra wouldn't help him. Levitra wouldn't help him. Cialis wouldn't help him. He, it was beyond medical help. So I'm talking about the stuff that's beyond medical help that needs resurrection power. There's some things in your world, and it's dead. But you have to understand the wisdom that some things in your world are meant to stay dead. In numbers, only nine people were resurrected in the Bible. Number one, Elijah raised the son of the widow of Zarephath. And he raised the son of the Shunammite woman. That was two. Then Elijah's bones raised up a dead man. That was three. Jesus raised up three people. That was six. Jesus raised up himself. That was seven. Paul raised up Eutychus when he went to sleep while Paul was preaching a long sermon and fell from the third floor and killed himself. Don't y'all fall asleep in here because I can't raise you up right now. Don't, don't fall down dead if I go too low. I'm not Paul. Don't you fall down dead. So, so, but the sermon went too long and the man just fell asleep and fell down and killed himself. And Paul raised him up from the dead. And Peter, in Matthew 27, 52, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. And came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So basically, you had eight people who were resurrected and many of the saints came out of the grave with Jesus. But it doesn't say that they remained on the earth. The people just saw them in the city for a while. So throughout the entire Bible, specifically, there are eight people and only eight people enumerated who were resurrected. The vast majority of people in the Old and New Testament, when they died, they stayed dead. You have to understand that some things need to stay dead. The second thing you have to understand is not only do some things need to stay dead, some things you need to kill. Not only do some things need to stay dead, some things you need to kill. Numbers 14.35, it says, I, the Lord, have spoken. 
And I will surely do these things to this whole wicked community which has banded together against me. They will meet their end in this desert. Here they will die. God said these people must die. Moses pleaded to God and, and God prolonged it, but they still died exactly where he said they were going to die. The Ark of Salvation is named after the Ark, the one that Noah built, and it is actually the greatest mass killing in the Bible. Without question, it's the greatest mass killing in history. And God flooded the earth and killed every breathing creature except for eight people in the ark. There were eight people who were resurrected in the entire Bible, and there were eight people who were saved out of the entire world. God looked out on the earth, and God said, this needs to die. So there are the things that you have to understand. Some things in your world that are dead need to stay dead, and some things in your world you need to kill. Even in most of the church seminars that we have attended, taught by ministers and people who run church. See, Elijah, I want to ask you, you've gone to most of the seminars with me. What's the number one thing they have drilled over and over? The number one thing in the seminar. What is it? He's laughing, but what is it? Let people leave who want to leave. Let people leave who want to leave. And what's the, that's not the number one thing. You're putting it nicely. What's the number one thing? What's the number one? Let me tell you. See, Elijah doesn't want to say it, but I'll say it. The number one thing that they tell you in all of the church seminars is get rid of people who don't need to be there, who don't need to be in that position. It's the problem that oftentimes in churches is that people are too, they don't want to move anybody who needs to be moved. And they say, if you're ever going to grow, if you're ever going to progress, you've got to get people out of position who are not in their right place. And this is a, and basically what, what the church seminar said, look, some stuff you've got to kill. And you have to understand that some things are meant to stay dead and some things you have to kill. So before... You are granted resurrection power. You first need the wisdom of what to resurrect. Our greatest tragedy in the Bronner family was the death of my brother. It came as a shock, a surprise, a hit, a hurt. And James and I stayed in that funeral home for an entire 24 hours. It was what God instructed me to do. Spend 24 hours. And I laid hands on him, praying, trying to resurrect him. I believed it could be done, and I was trying with all of my might until I heard a voice speak, and I heard the voice of my brother simply say, I don't want to come back. And it taught me a heavy lesson. He says, a hundred times better over here. You have to have the wisdom to know what to resurrect and when to resurrect it, but you still have to have knowledge to know how. Even in business, there are times when we have to kill products and there are times when you'll have to kill divisions and you have to know when to let some die. 
You hang on to stuff too long and your inventory goes to build. And every time we kill a product, killing a product is called discontinuing. And every time we discontinue a product, you'll always have people who holler up, oh, this is the best thing ever in the world. Don't kill it. But it's costing you money. It's not making profit. You have to learn when some things in your world must die. I recently had to, over the last few years, redo an entire manufacturing division. And I brought in an expert to reorganize and to redo things. And when the man came in, he had to change every single one of the personnel that I had in leadership. Every single one he had to replace. He had to, in effect, kill in order to make alive. So there are some things in your world that need to stay dead. And there are some things that you need to kill. There are some relationships that some of you right now are pining over. You're wishing, oh, I wish I had her back. Oh, I wish I had him back. And they need to stay dead. <laughs> that relationship needs to stay dead. You have to have the wisdom of God to know. When something needs to be resurrected and when something needs to be buried. And see, too often we're trying to dig up and breathe life back into something that God has commanded die. And we're trying to carry this thing on through. We're trying to pump it up. And God has said, from, he said look, this thing is over. It's dead. And, and, and when we don't understand that, you're going to end up messing yourself up. Trying to bring life back to something God has decreed must die. And see, when the flood came, there were businesses. They all had to die. There were families. They all had to die. There were even churches. And they all had to die. So that he could make a better world and a better place. You've got to understand when things need to stay dead... And when you need to kill some things. John 12, 24, New Living Translation. The truth is, a kernel of wheat must be planted in the soil. Unless it dies, it will be alone. A single seed, but its death will produce many new kernels. A plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who despise their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. You see, we focus oftentimes on the resurrection, but the challenge of the resurrection is the crucifixion. And that's the challenge in our own lives. People sometimes, in order for us to progress, there's some stuff in us that has to die. There's some old ways, some old habits, some old feelings, some old spirits in us. And that stuff has to die. And the problem is... And true with all fleshly stuff, nothing that's living wants to die. Nothing that's alive wants to be killed. We don't want to deal with any of this stuff. God told me years ago, you will have one day the power to raise the dead, but the problem is your pride. And he told me recently, I'm going to have to send some hard hits against your ego. And you know, he told me seven or eight years ago, you're going to have to go through a Job experience. And I know all of this stuff, but, but you know what, what I said when I heard all that? I said just like Jesus said, Lord, take this bitter cup from me. I don't want to go through this. 
I don't want to deal with this stuff. But, but if it's your will, I understand that I must go through this thing because there are some things in me that have to die in order for some things to be born. But the problem, nobody wants to go through. Everyone wants the glory of the resurrection. No one wants the pain of the crucifixion. And we have to go through, they, they, they're inseparable. You have to go through one to get the other one. Everybody wants the resurrection. Nobody wants the crucifixion. Everybody wants to be glorious all up in heaven. Nobody wants to hang on the cross. And, and that's the point. Jesus didn't want to hang on the cross. No flesh wants to hang on the cross. But we've got to understand some things in our world, some things in us, some things around us must die. In order for us to live and to grow and to prosper and to multiply and to be what God has intended for us to be. But it'll struggle, it'll kick, it'll fuss, it'll do all kinds of things. And, and, and it'll be like when Jesus looked on his disciples and rebuked Peter because Peter didn't want to die. He didn't want Jesus to die. And Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. You are of the world and this is of heaven and I must die for this to come to pass. In part two, I'm going to talk about how to recognize in your life what needs to stay dead or die and what needs to be resurrected. There are signs and symptoms of things that need to stay dead or die. And there are signs and symptoms of things that need to be resurrected. And you have to have the wisdom to know which is which. And we'll talk about that in part two. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. Amen. I'm going to ask C. Elijah to close us out for today. Amen. He's such a nice fellow. He didn't want to tell y'all what the folks said, but I'll tell you. Amen. When Pastor was saying that uh, some people don't want to die, he reminded me of the joke when the uh, pastor was a pastor was preaching, and he said every member of this church is going to die. He was making a point about eternal life, and there was a man on the back row who was smiling. Everybody else had a serious, grim look on their face, and the, it puzzled the pastor. So he said, maybe the man didn't hear me. So he said it again. He said, I said every member of this church is going to die. And the man began to grin on the back row. And the pastor was just puzzled. So he, he said, he said, maybe he's not hearing me. So he shouted it. He said, I said, every member of this church is going to die. And the man just applauded in the back. He just stood up just on a round of applause. And so immediately following the service, the pastor rushed back to the man. He said, didn't you hear what I said? He said, he said I said, every member of this church is going to die. He said, why were you so happy? He said, I'm not a member of this church. <laughs> You are listening to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This was the first message in the Resurrection Power series by Nathaniel Bronner Jr. This message was number 5432 and called Understanding That Some Things Need to Stay Dead. That's 5432. To listen to the entire series, click series on airjesus.com or theonlineword.com. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.